Hello and welcome again to the Real Jeff Armstrong Podcast. So glad that you're here. As always, we're probably going to talk about something that is interesting to you today that includes freedom of lifestyle, uh, business-orientedness, usually some sort of self-improvement stuff. So if you enjoy any of that kind of stuff, stick around and we're going to talk about all those good sorts of things. So uh, today... I spent about an hour and a half in, uh, I have a group that's uh, Easy SEO for Wedding Photographers, where I teach SEO to wedding photographers so they can begin booking more and more in their business. And I use that um, in order to help people be able to generate more income. And, and really the idea is that you know people would be able to get on Google, rank on Google, and um, be able to increase their income that way. So SEO is good for just about any business, but um, you know I, I really have focused mostly for now at least on SEO for wedding photographers. So, you know, it's been about an hour and a half doing that and really, really enjoyed it. And um, that's been, uh, that was pretty draining. I don't know if you've ever spent like a long time teaching people how to do something. And uh, it was enjoyable, had a lot of fun doing it. But man, it can take a lot out of you after you do it for a while. So did that. And then, um, you know, spent some time taking care of my, uh, I've, I've got these plants, right? As you can probably see around here, I have a lot more plants than this. So spent a long time actually just caring for my plants because I find it sort of therapeutic. I don't know if you have anything like that in your life where you just, it's just nice to have something that's sort of therapeutic that you can, uh, you know, you, you just do that's enjoyable. So my plants, I like the way they make me feel. They're, they're. <laughs> <laughs> it's one, It really is one of those things. I just enjoy it. So like on uh, yesterday's podcast, I was talking about the, the power of very small, consistent steps, right? And that's something that I've learned in my life over time. And I just think it's incredibly powerful when you have a long-term vision that you then turn into daily fuel, okay? So you can listen to that podcast if you're interested in learning about my philosophies on small, consistent steps. But something else I want to talk about today is um, how like how to avoid burnout by building a scalable business. Okay, so when I say scalable, because I'm I'm going to have to define that. When I say scalable, it's best explained in the context of something that's not scalable. Okay, so let's think about a service business. A service business would be like a wedding photographer. Okay, a wedding photographer can shoot so many weddings a year before he keeps taking on more and more weddings and then it becomes less and less, um, like he becomes less and less able to serve each client, okay? So you can only shoot so many weddings, you've only got so much time, you can only be so many places. So the wedding photography business, you would have to say, okay, well, to scale that, you would have to somehow separate the time and money and location uh, restrictions, right? So some of the ways that people do that is they will hire um, like associate shooters. Okay, so you've got more people that you then have to uh, you have to train, and then they can be at you know this location and that location, and you can keep making money even when your time is uh, you know your time isn't fully invested. So you can scale a wedding photography business and other service based businesses like that. But the problem is that you, um, you know, that's that's pretty high stakes still, and you have to rely on other people. And I'm not saying that's not a good business model if you're skilled in those sorts of things. That can be a really good thing. But, um, you know, when I was thinking about how to start building uh, or how to start creating more freedom in terms of my schedule, I was like, okay, how about we think about, um, like, like, okay. 
what is something that I don't have to be there for? What's something that um, there's maybe there's like a, an inventory for, right? And so I, I actually, um, and I'm not going to go into every business that I've ever started here. I, I have started a number of businesses and they are still running. Um, the ones that I have liked the most have been digital product businesses. Okay. So when I say digital product, you could think in terms of like downloadable product, um, or you could even think about like uh, courses like online education. You could also, in a digital product, you could almost really loop in um, affiliate marketing in there. So, you know, if you write a blog and you link to something and then the person clicks the thing in your blog and then they buy it and then you get a portion of that money. I'm going to, for the sake of the conversation, I'm going to pretty much loop that into um, into a digital product, okay? It, we could go deeper and say, okay, well, affiliate marketing should be its own thing. But again, for the sake of this conversation, digital products can include affiliate marketing. So the reason why I like digital products so much in terms of building a scalable, pro, uh, or excuse me, a scalable business is because, um, like, let's compare them to, say, a physical product, right? If you make a physical product, you have a lot of resources that go into creating it over and over and over again, you have inventory, you have shipping, you have all, all the other things that could go wrong, return shipping. There's just so much that goes on in terms of a, um, a physical product. Now, you might say, okay, a physical product's good because, um, like, let's t say, like, supplements, right? Like, somebody eats a supplement, and guess what? They have to keep buying it over and over again. So supplements are good in that sense because you have to, like, the customer has to keep ordering them, and so you can keep making money in theory. Whereas, you know, like some products uh, have like a longer shelf life. And so how often a customer is going to buy them is going to be less and less and less. And so there are, in my opinion, a lot of downfalls to, to physical products and trying to sell physical products. Now, if that's what you do and that's what you enjoy, then of course that's great. You know, and so for me, when I was thinking about it, I almost thought about maybe I should like invent a, uh, like I had an idea for a certain type of flash modifier and we've played around with some different ideas and I just decided against it because I was like, there's so much time and effort that goes into manufacturing, so much that you have to manage. And then after that, there's still so many things that you have to go through. So when I was thinking about scaling my business, I was like, okay. And before I go any further, I should say I do have one physical product e-commerce business. Okay. So I'm speaking from experience. I do have one of those businesses and, um, I like it, but I also really don't like it again for these same reasons that we're talking about now. So the, uh, you know, when I was thinking about, okay, let's do something that's really, really scalable. I was really drawn to the idea of software, uh, played around with the idea of software a whole lot. And I still plan on eventually developing a specific software, have a few things in mind. And, and software is nice because it's infinite um, inventory, right? Like, it's not like you have to have a warehouse, then you can stick so many in there, unless it's a CD. That's kind of a whole different beast. But I'm talking about, like, an app, like an application, right? So applications, um, software that is even complementary to other software, you know, so think about like even like plugins, like Lightroom plugins or something like that. Or in the case in the photography and uh, in the video industry, we've got things like uh, LUTs and presets and profiles. And so those sorts of digital products, like, you know, you don't have to have a place to put them. It's, it's you make it and then people buy it. 
and then they've got it, and maybe you might have to do troubleshooting, but that's just about anything you're going to have to troubleshoot on. Um, just certain products might have less troubleshooting than other products, right? And um, so when it comes to software, really the only downside to it is that you've got to create it, right? Um, which there's ways to do that. And uh, even if you don't know coding, right, there are ways to do that. But when it comes to something like a, 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 a educational course, there's a lot of strengths to that. And so that was really what I wanted to focus on was, okay, how can I take the knowledge that I have and impact other people's lives in a way that makes the product that I create worth it, right? And so, you know, I've, I've had a passion for teaching for a number, I mean, ever since I can remember, I've had a passion for education. So um, I even at one point considered being like a, uh, like a high school or English, or excuse me, a high school or um, like college level literature English teacher or something like that. Um, I did not become that, obviously, but that's something I considered. So, you know, I don't necessarily think that you have to be passionate about education to create an online course, but if you've got something that you are passionate about, then you can take that and, like, help break it down in order to enable someone else to achieve uh, the results that you did and to get over the problems that you have. And then you can create a packaged course. And uh, there's ways to, you know, because, okay, let me say, you can create a course and maybe nobody buys it. That's usually the objection that I hear from a lot of people because I, I, I just, I, I get it. Like, I understand, like, why would you, like, creating a course sounds so daunting, right? Um but what I found is, is that if you're a person that you have discovered a few of your passions, okay, things that are specific to you, you've come overcome specific goals, or excuse me, uh, specific obstacles, then you might have a really good opportunity to be able to create a um, an online course. And the education market is just, it it's booming, right? So, like, creating an online course is actually probably from a, a financial standpoint, is a really, really, really good idea. I really recommend, if you can, um, at least identify like three passions and then figure out which one you can that you're most fitted to be able to help others with. And then consider being able to do something to start seeing if other people might be interested in it. Now, I have a whole way that I employed that is great in terms of being able to test a market, okay? Because, again, if you you just don't want to put a whole bunch of work in it and it just doesn't work, right? So preliminary market research with the, like, lightest load possible, I'm talking about, like, getting started and it being the minimal amount of startup effort is really the goal. And if you can, if you can teach something to someone and they will pay you for it, and you in, in in the context of marketing, like you, you're like, man, this is this is a viable idea. Then I think a educational product is really, really a good idea for scaling your business, whether it is just a little bit of extra income or if it's a large amount. You know, I, I mean, I, I I know of people that they make a whole lot of stinking money on educational products. So it's it's just a really good thing to be able to do and and again once you've created it now your time is not so tied to you physically being somewhere or having to physically do something right now you might spend time putting it together you might spend time on the marketing stuff like that but what happens is you end up creating more freedom 
you've got more, um, you know, you've got another stream of income, so you're not so dependent upon your, your, you know, your time-based uh, business. At the very least, I mean, there are people that that's all they do is they do their, um, their, their like scalable side of their business, and that's it. And you know, you can scale it and then just do that. So burnout is something we don't want, and that's when we get overextended and then we lose the passion that we originally had about the thing that we were doing. Okay, so I know with, again, you know, I shoot weddings, photograph weddings, and it can be very easy to just kind of get in the mode of, okay, do it, do it, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it more, do it more for money, uh, you know, follow the trends, do it, do it, and you lose your passion for the thing that, that you are doing. And a service-based business is great because, I mean, you can become your own boss, essentially. But I've just found that, for me, it helps keep my passion alive when I'm not dependent upon the thing that my passion is, right? So being able to create multiple lines of income and separate my money income from my time is highly desirable. So again, you can do this through a digital product. You can do this through a um, through an online course. Uh, you could do it through physical products. I just, it's not my favorite. I think there's a lot of uh, weaknesses to doing that, but one way or another, there are plenty of ways to scale your business and become less constrained to you know physical space, time, and everything else like that, and thereby to avoid burnout and have a scalable business. So, again, um, what you know, if it's if you're struggling with like, okay, well, what is my passion? Like, if you're thinking, oh, maybe I could do a course, or maybe I could do a di- even a digital product or whatever, and you're like, I just have no idea where to start. I usually say you want to start at experimenting. You want to experiment, figure out the things that you are passionate about, okay? Um, And even just think, like, okay, what is it that I am kind of just maybe a little bit more knowledgeable about? I find it natural to me, but other people struggle with, okay? Like, the first time I realized that that was valuable was uh, probably about, like, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago when I started uh, started giving guitar lessons. You know, it was like the stuff that I took for granted to a degree because, you know, I know how to play, play guitar and I enjoy playing guitar and a lot of it has come sort of natural to me. A lot of that I took for, for uh, granted and didn't realize that people would pay me pretty decent amounts of money in order to teach them guitar. And a lot of it was just the basics, you know? Like, it wasn't, like, the most complicated guitar stuff. And so, like, I get a lot of people that are like, well, I just don't know if I'm I'm really ready to, um, to, to educate someone else on something or, you know, I just don't know that I'm really in that place where I feel that I'm competent enough. And I'm like, well, here's, here's kind of the, the litmus test. Here's what you do. You say, okay, on a scale from 1 to 10... Actually, let's say this. On a scale from zero to ten, we're gonna add a z- We're gonna start it at zero because there's a reason why. If we start at zero, um, let's say zero is no knowledge whatsoever. Okay, ten would be like you are an expert of experts. If you're at least a five, then just about everybody can learn from you. Okay, let me explain the reasoning here. If you're a five, that means zero through five can learn something from you. Okay, because because even a five is probably going to not necessarily know everything that you know, and they can benefit from you. So that means that fifty percent of a particular market 
might actually be able to learn something from you. And in the in in this world where it's you know really expertise is more of a, I would say a bell shaped curve. So if you're a five, you're probably actually more skilled than the majority of people there are out there. Okay, so that means that there's a lot of people that could learn from you. And if you're a five, even like sixes and sevens can learn from you. Maybe even eights. You know, people that are really really good at something, they realize that. They can learn from just about anybody. So the point being is, even if you're only like a five on the scale of knowing something about something, that doesn't mean that can't that people can't learn from you and you can't help with solving their problems. So, and what I found, if you have an interest in something, there are ways to do market research to find problems, and then to creatively um, solve those problems for people, so that you can create like a course or a product, a digital product, um, even a software in order to solve those problems. So it just it's really more about a mindset than it is um, about anything else. Like people are willing to pay for things that solve their pain. People are willing to pay for things that solve their pain. So if you are a, if you have access to a group of people that have a pain point, and you're willing to take the time to understand their pain point and then solve that problem, then they will pay you money. You know, what, what, the reason why I think people um, sometimes get unsure about, okay, well, should I even create a course on this? Should I not create a course on it, I think people in their mind think, one, I'm not qualified. They have something like imposter syndrome. And two is they're just like, well, what if it fails? You know, so there's all this fear and these insecurities, and I get that. I've felt that before, right? But what I've found is that, again, y- there are there's an answer to that that problem, right? The imposter syndrome. If you can help someone, in my world, you have the obligation to. Now, I'm not saying that you should. If you just, you know, if you're not willing to be held accountable for what you teach, if you can't actually teach something that's going to benefit other people's lives, then like you shouldn't be teaching, right? But if you truly have the ability to help some people, and p- perhaps even, you know, if the, the majority of people are ones and twos and threes and fours, then maybe even help the majority of people, then I believe you may actually have the moral obligation to do so. So, that's where I'm like, okay, get rid of imposter syndrome. Everybody feels that. But you can do something with it. You can you can remind yourself, okay, I have I have something I'm doing here that has purpose and meaning and that's going to help people. So just because I feel like a fraud or don't feel like I'm the best there is, that does not qualified to actually teach that subject, right? That does not mean you're not qualified to teach that subject to one degree at least to one degree. And again, if you're willing to solve the problems, okay, and this goes back this goes back to objection number two, which was, well, what if it fails, right? If you are willing to take the time to listen to people, whether it's in a Facebook group or wherever people are congregating, okay, and you're able to figure out what pains they have in a, a viable solution on how to solve those problems, then you can create an educational product. You could create a software. You could create a digital product. Um, you know, there's there's people that, um, you know, a friend of mine, Dustin Stockel, he created a Lightroom profile 
that helps people pretty much make digital photos look like uh, film stocks, right? And he wasn't in, in, he wasn't the first one to attempt to do this, but I think he's made some really significant strides, right? So he wasn't even the first. There's other people that are doing it, and you know I plan to have him on uh, if he'll if he'll join us at some point and ask him some questions because you know in a market where you think oh well there's already so many presets there's already so much like this going on why create more stuff like this right and the fact that he's done it and has actually made progress on it i think is really really significant so you know, you could kind of ask okay what what did dustin do that was different than what everybody else was doing that had already created film matching presets and what i think he did different is he just he he listened to people that had a particular interest and wanted a particular look and then took it to the next logical, uh, the next logical development, right? And there are lots of people that are very, very grateful for that. And so, you know, just just practically speaking, if if this is something that you want to do, if you want to think about taking the next step in terms of okay, how do I create like a uh, you know a, a scalable business? I would say, okay, well, what passions do you already have? You know, if you're not really sure what other passions you have, I, I would explore and experiment and figure out, okay, well, what am I interested in? What type of people do I want to be around and serve? And then, you know, you can go and figure out what pains other people have and what problems you can solve. And then if you can put that into a step-by-step form, then you you may have a very, very good um, opportunity to help other people. Now, not I know like with my course, I did not create videos for <laughs> a good while. It was actually just, um, it was in the form of being able to do uh, like one-on-one coaching type stuff. You know, I kind of started with one-on-one coaching and figured out, okay, can I really help people? Um, in what ways can I really help people? And what common questions pop up? You know, so you don't have to go straight to creating a whole video course, right? But if you've got that sort of progress and you are able to help someone achieve a desired result that gets them from point A to point B, then being able to scale that on a large scale is actually potentially a very, very good idea. So that's uh, that's about all I have to say about that. As always, love hearing from you all. Being able to uh, connect is something I definitely want to do on here. So if you have any more questions or anything that you want to uh, chat about a little bit more deeply, you can feel free to uh, go to the the website at therealjeffarmstrong.com. Got a contact form on there. Also on Instagram at therealjeffarmstrong. Um, you know, Another thing that's really good is uh, being able to contact me on... uh, I would love people to start going to the YouTube. That is where the video versions are going to be hosted at. So, you know, on YouTube, you want to go to Jeff Armstrong, uh, the Jeff Armstrong channel. Probably going to actually change that here soon to the real Jeff Armstrong. So by the time you hear this, if you can't find Jeff Armstrong's channel, then look for the real Jeff Armstrong, which I think makes pretty good sense, right? And uh, be sure to subscribe and uh, start checking out the videos there. So that's it for this time, everybody. Thanks again so much for for uh, tuning in. Be sure to uh, to subscribe and uh, you know become a member or whatever you do on podcasts. I'm still figuring out this animal. 
And uh, I think you can leave a review, right? Like that's what I'm I'm kind of seeing. Uh, so leave a review. You know, those things sort of help out the ratings and help other people get the message. And so you can help others um, by helping me help others and increasing the visibility. So until next time, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I'll talk to you later. Bye.